1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com.
0: Welcome back, everyone. As we start this 8 o'clock hour, Dorian Grilly is going to join us. Who is he? Executive Director of Bicycle Alliance of Minnesota. Why are we talking with him? Okay. A lot of state bills kept the media on its toes during this legislative session. One item that didn't get much attention concerned bike traffic at intersections. The bill, which adopts a ritual called the Idaho Stop, is the latest turn in the evolving road relationship between those who bike and those who drive. To talk about this bill, as I just said a moment ago, and its impact on both cyclists and motorists, we welcome Bicycle Alliance of Minnesota Executive Director Dorian Grilly to the show. And he joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, sir?
1: Fine, thanks. It was a beautiful day for bicycling.
0: Oh, my goodness. It's been a beautiful day now for a little bit, and I'm just enjoying it so much. I was stunned to read that Minnesota just made it legal for cyclists to go through stop signs, not lights, stop signs, without stopping. Tell us why this was an important piece to really fight for.
1: Well, one of the, one of the keys also is that the law says a bicyclist much, must approach the stop sign and be able to stop, yield to oncoming traffic that has the right-of-way and pedestrians, um, and if there's nobody to yield to, they can keep going. So, you know, describing it as not having to stop, uh, isn't quite right. You really do have to have the ability to stop. But one of the, one of the reasons that I think the legislature was willing to do this, um, is it's becoming accepted practice around the country. I think it's law in 12 states already. Um, uh, but I think I think they want to make sure that um, bicyclists uh, do have just that little bit of an advantage. They want to encourage people to bicycle. Uh, They want to make it safe for people to bicycle, and they're doing a lot of investment. Um, But this is just that one little advantage that uh, you can conserve your momentum um, when there's nobody else to yield to at a stop sign.
0: You know, when we say there's no one else to yield to, here's the thing. You have four corners, right? When you're stopping mm-hmm. at four, there are right. four corners that are engaged. You could have anyone run out immediately if no one else is moving. Like you say, they have to come to a stop, the bicyclist. And just pause for a moment and then go when you look uh-huh. and see that there's no one else there. However, you and I both know that people have dogs and other animals and they come out and they run across immediately. How are we going to make sure that this doesn't like an accident does not happen? It should be mandatory that an accident does, would never happen because of this particular change in the law. My fear is that either the bicyclist or the people walking with their children or their animals, I have fear that someone will not come to a complete stop. And if that's the truth, then how will we ever get this right?
1: Well, the key is that the, the law says that the bicyclist does have to yield to pedestrians who are in the crosswalk um, and cars that have the right of way. So, you know, I, I appreciate that we're doing a... a Uh, some education right now. So we really need to emphasize that bicyclists do have to be able to stop and they they should be prepared to stop if there's anyone else at that intersection.
0: Well, we do know that this law change is going into effect on August 1st. So we do have a little bit of time to really try Mm -hmm. it out. You know, are you looking at certain areas, downtown Minneapolis and St. Paul specifically, to see if it's working?
1: Well, I really think that that's up to the local law enforcement to make sure that uh, um, they let people know that. I I know a few people that have gotten tickets for running stop signs, and I think it's appropriate. So uh, the other important thing is that the Bicycle Alliance spends most of our effort uh, implementing an elementary school safety curriculum. So we want to train kids how to safely get around their community using the existing infrastructure. And we want to make sure that they know all the rules and don't bend them. Um, and, and that's uh, uh, what we hope to do. Uh, you know, it's hard to change adults' behavior. Wow. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to change much. Um, it's just going to be legal for that bicyclist. And if you notice, uh Watch an intersection. Most cars don't come to a complete
0: stop either. I agree with that, sir. Uh, My biggest (laughs) challenge is I keep thinking about this is when it says um, it doesn't require bicyclists to come to a full halt at a stop Mm -hmm. sign, provided no other traffic is around. That's a lot that we're putting on bicyclists. You have to look around everywhere, all four corners to make sure everything's cool and then you can go. Mm -hmm. But what if it's not cool? What if you missed something? That is my challenge. Especially, I mean, how many lanes are we talking about? If there are two lanes for just the cars and there's one lane Mm -hmm. for just the bicyclists and let's say there's 30 of them in in a, a, a row or even 10 of them and they are ready to go, right? They're looking to say, I'm Ready to go across, but then something happens. That's what my fear is. Because we had a really hard time with downtown Minneapolis when they changed where the the cars would park, and the bicyclists would go on mm-hmm. the right side of the car. Remember that?
1: Correct. Yeah, that was that a was nightmare a challenge. <laughs> yes. Well, what I'm what I'm going to suggest is that I think there's probably going to be very few instances in downtown Minneapolis. Um, where you aren't going to meet somebody else at an intersection when you're bicycling, and that you won't have to yield the right of way. So, in most in, instances in the urban core and other busy places, uh, the the rule really hasn't changed, uh, the, or the behavior. Um, and I and I hope that we can use this as an education campaign that. Uh, you do have to stop in a situation that you just described. There are cars coming from every direction and pedestrians coming from every direction. Uh, You do have to stop. That's what the law says.
0: It is now 818 here at WCCO. Welcome back to Dorian Greeley, executive director of the bicycle Alliance of Minnesota. Again, that's the bicycle Alliance of Minnesota. And what exactly does the bicycle Alliance do?
1: Um, We are a statewide organization with members in every county in Minnesota. Um, We're an advocacy and education. As I described before, uh, we do an elementary school safety curriculum called Walk Bike Fun. Using the trainer trainer model, we're reaching about 100,000 kids a year. Um, And we also do an adult learn to ride uh, program in partnership with the Metropolitan Council. Um, that's become very popular with uh, new immigrants to the Twin Cities.
0: So many people are starting to learn a lot about bicycles and what can be done. I, I, I agree with that. I love that that the knowledge is there uh, to teach the people on how to do this. My biggest challenge Mm -hmm. is what about those that won't do it? I mean, should they be trained to do it first? Or should they be like, we have to go get our driver's license, we have to drive the car? Maybe there's something we need to do to make sure that they know what they're doing.
1: Right. Well, that's the point of the elementary school and middle school curriculum is that to make sure that kids that uh, do want to ride around town uh, can do so safely using the existing infrastructure.
0: So you have no worries about this whatsoever?
1: I don't. I think it, it's very much almost existing practice, um, but I want to use it as a campaign to emphasize that in the situation where you described, you know, where it's busy uh, in the urban core or even in uh, in in the suburbs or a small town, um, when you come to a busy intersection, you still have to stop um, you and yield the right of way to know the rules and yield the right of way to the pedestrians and motor vehicles that have the right of way.
0: So I just wanna make sure I read this particular law. It reads like this, a bicycle operator who approaches a stop sign must slow to a speed that allows for stopping before entering the intersection or the nearest crosswalk. If there is not a vehicle in the vicinity, the operator may make a turn or proceed through the intersection without stopping. So how do we define vicinity? Do you expect the bikers to look behind them, look to each side, each corner, or they just look forward?
1: Oh, uh, most definitely, you have to look right and left and over your shoulder, um, and certainly straight ahead. Uh, you don't want someone to turn left, uh, you know, that had got to the intersection first. Um, so I think that's a that's a. Standard rule and most bicyclists obey that practice um, one of the things that the law also does is allows a bicyclist to ride through a right turn without turning a right turn lane without turning right that's probably a law that nobody knew that they were breaking on a bicycle um, right. but the issue and and it's certainly accepted practice that you don't want to ride out into the busy traffic lane and um, uh, when, you're, when you have a nice shoulder that becomes a right-turn lane and then goes back to being a nice shoulder. Um, but if a driver turns left and hits you, uh, it's your fault unless you pulled out into that traffic lane. So um, when this law goes into effect, it, it will no longer be the bicyclist's fault. And that uh, riding through a right-turn lane, which is currently accepted practice and, and the safest way, I think, to ride on a road with a shoulder, um, that'll become legal too.
0: Is there an age, um, you know, it, it, do we know the age of the bikeless, bicyclist? Do you say 16 and up, or you just say whomever is riding a bike? What about children that may be riding right next to their parents?
1: Uh, well, it's legal to ride two abreast unless you're blocking the traffic. Um, so, Children riding with their parents, I think, is a good thing to do. Um, I don't think children should be on the road um, in their neighborhood, probably, unless they're 12 or 11 or 12 and have had the, the safety training that I mentioned before. Um, otherwise, they should be riding with their parents. And in a busy downtown situation, um, they should probably be a little older.
0: I don't know if you are a father or not, sir, but as a mother, I have to tell you, um, it's terrifying to me to see that this is now happening. It's now legal in the great state of Minnesota, especially the downtown areas. I think that's what's really getting to me. If you're out in rural areas or if you're in small communities, that's one thing, you know, where the, the people usually uh, ride their bikes even in the middle of the street because they know when it's a busy time and not a busy time. But this, the way it's defined, I am very concerned as a mother and a grandmother, particularly with my grandchildren. I would be nervous about bringing them downtown with me and doing the Idaho stop.
1: Well, to me, that uh, you probably shouldn't bring them downtown and do the Idaho stop. You should... come to a complete stop at an intersection, unless it's completely obvious that there's nobody else there. Um, Bicyclists do encounter that situation frequently, and that's part of the reason that they pushed for this law. They push for this law,
0: law for sure. And of course, it's all about the bicyclists getting ahead mm -hmm. of traffic and increasing their visibility to other road Mm -hmm. users as a result. That makes sense to me, but it's still terrifying. Mm (laughs) Well, <laughs> I just got to be honest with you, sir. <laughs> <and>
1: my, <laughs> I am a father, and my son rides to work in downtown Denver, uh, commutes to work in downtown Denver, Colorado. So he works right in the urban core and uh, is very comfortable, and that's the benefit of having that education program. He's confident that he's doing everything right and following the rules, and he doesn't have any trouble.
0: Well, downtown Denver is totally different from downtown Minneapolis. (laughs) So I I will be praying. Let's just say my prayers will get bigger and stronger. That's for sure. (laughs) My goodness. All right, sir, I'm not going to hold you, but I I really appreciate you you, um, joining us tonight to try to explain what this is. And if people want more information, where do they go? Is there a website where they can learn more about the Idaho stuff? Yeah.
1: There is a blog post about the new e-bike rebate law, which won't go into effect until later this year. Um, and then there's a description of all the things that happened in the transportation bill at BikeMN.org.
0: I'd love to On the know new who voted page. for that. <laughs> just think yeah. it's nuts okay sir i really really appreciate you being here tonight with us yeah. dorian greeley executive director of bicycle alliance of minnesota thank you so much for joining us
1: thank you for the opportunity
0: all right be safe take care yeah. look Bye-bye. look forward to the side and backwards we <laughs> <laughs> will do good night good night